Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. It's now time for me to tell you what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now, including how and why I stay abstinent. Okay. Um, first of all, I would like to thank Karen, where is she, for asking me to be the speaker. I want to be like Karen when I grow up. She is so friendly and open-hearted, and I, I just love that. And it's just such an example to me of what this program is all about and how to how to be be that. And I'm not there yet, but progress, not perfection. Um, okay, and um, this is a bit of an intimidating meeting for me, I have to say. When I first came on, I, there was so much chatter back and forth. I thought, oh, who are these people? I, <laughs> I can't talk here. But anyway, I know that my higher power has my back, so I'm going to – and I'm here to give service. That is my, that's my purpose. So what I was like, well, I could never, ever have spoken in front of a group like this. Oh, my gosh, I was such a scared, scaredy cat. And, um, um, you know, when I first came into the program, I could only say very timidly, my name is Francis. And then I scuttled away, you know, and I didn't, I, I couldn't even make another sentence, but someone asked me what my name was and I could say that. And that isn't me today. I can, I can show up and be a per, real polite person with, be part of and not, you know, not hiding away, running away, wanting to be invisible. Um, so what, yes, what I really was like, okay, in, 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 in my family, I was thinking about this before I came on today. I didn't, I didn't like my father at all. I wanted to avoid him as much as possible. And I don't think he liked me. I hadn't, I just thought he didn't want to have anything to do with me. And um, so with my mother, I would just try to control myself so much for my mother because I thought that I had to just behave and be a certain way or she wouldn't approve of me. And um, so I, I feel I had to take care of my mother's feelings because I, if, if I went wrong, I would see it in her face. So I came back into line. And as a result, I just grew up impassively without having feelings. I didn't know what feelings were. I just, it was safer in my family not to show a feeling because my father would tell me off and my mother would give me the, the stink eye. And, um, and so I went, I, I went inward and I became very self-sufficient, very, um, very self-centered. I didn't, I didn't know, I had no idea I was so self-centered until I came into this program, of course, and matured in this program and, and did my work in this program. I just thought the world was not on my side. Anyway, um, my food behaviors, um, as a result of this, this, this kind of seeking approval all the time, all the time, wanting you to like me, um, I couldn't get that, obviously. People are not going to like me all the time. And people didn't embrace me. And, and so I became lonely. I became really lonely. And I turned to food as to comfort me and give me solace. And um, I just want to go into some of the things I did. You know, I was a waitress at one point. Because at some level, I was functioning. 
And, you know, I used to eat off people's plates. I take the plates to the kitchen. I was always sneaky. I would never let anybody see me eating. So, you know, I'd be carrying the plate out and then get into the kitchen, <laughs> eat off that person's plate. Um, I stole people's food if I went to their houses. Um, and I was in a situation where I was studying and living in a big house where people would leave their food and come back next day to, to, um, to study. And um, I'd go down in the evening and eat their food. Sometimes I replaced, sometimes I didn't. And um, I just couldn't help myself. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say to myself, tonight, I won't go down. I won't go down. I went down. But I think the biggest thing I did was, um, well, I haven't, no, there's two things. I used to go on huge binges on a Saturday. And I had the opportunity because I, I worked in a health food store and of course free food and healthy food is a big draw for me, especially the free bit. Um, I can't put, pass up free food. You might not get another chance. So I would laden myself up with these bags and it was always for other people. Oh yes, you, people actually people ordered their food from me, these students that I, who knew me. And, um, but they, the food never reached them. I, I, got, I remember distinctly, I'd get in my room with these bags and I'd just be overcome with loneliness and just, I, could, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't save it for them. It just, it just had to go into me. Um, so another time, you know, because I, I'm from Europe, I had an opportunity to go to Norway and to work with this friend. And we stayed at these people's house. And um, these people said they would take us for a lovely trip to the fields. I always remember this. And I said, oh, no, I, I, no, I, don't, I just don't think I want to go. I'll just, I'll just walk into the town. I'll just... I'll just stay here. And of course, you can, as a compulsive reader, you know what I did. I just went through the whole town, eating, eating, whatever I could find. And they, the rest of them had a wonderful time seeing the beauty of Norway. I I just turned it down. And um, But the recovery is that... 14 minutes left. Oh, well, four already. Okay. Um, I have since had the chance to go to that very... My higher power has led me to that very same town in Norway. Bergen and abstinent and it was a totally different experience I had my three moderate meals and I enjoyed the scenery I saw the fjords enjoyed the people and um so this is what this is the gift of abstinence I I, I can't believe that I was taken to the same place again um to, to kind of do a, a do-over you know from this program okay what happened right um I, I came to the states and I thought, okay, new country, start over. But my disease by that time was so deep inside me that I got worse. I got worse. And there's so many different foods here. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, and I went to town on all these foods. And um, my first Thanksgiving in this country, I was invited to go to Chicago. I was living in Illinois. Invited to go to Chicago to somebody's house. These people said, knew that I had an eating disorder, they didn't call it eating disorder, but an issue. And they said that their their relative was in Overeaters Anonymous. And um, so off I went with them for this Thanksgiving. I had my, um, my you know, I, it was free food, again, free food, lots of it. And I just gorged on the food. And, however, it was a bit of a difference because I noticed this person and I know she she had something, you know, and I, I was told that's the person she's in, Overeaters Anonymous. 
and I know to this today she had serenity and she had moderation. She had moderation in her food. I, I had hadn't a clue. And oh, um, okay, so um, I had to do a lot more binging. I wasn't ready. I didn't know I had. I mean, in a way, I was so out of touch. I, I was to, in total denial. I didn't even know I had a problem, but yet I. I knew I had a problem because I avoided people and I, cause I, I had 40 pounds of weight on me. And so, um, and I just kept away from people. And I remember a friend saying to me, what's happened to you, Francis? I can't reach you. You're just so distant. Where are you? And, and that was true. I was pushing people away and I, I kind of wanted my loneliness because I could, then I could have the food, you know, all by myself. And um, anyway, the following March, this was in 1981, um, Sorry, 1982. <laughs> um, I, I had the binge, a giant binge, and even I got it. I mean, other people knew, I think, because they told me later that they, they realized, but I didn't realize that I had a huge issue with food. I just, I just stuffed it down, stuffed it down with food. And, um, but I got it that Sunday night, and then I, I called Uri's Anonymous on the Monday morning and went to my first meeting. There were only two meetings in that small town, but and I went to went to went, went to the one on the Thursday, and hadn't a, I don't know what what it was all about, but I just knew people people were nice. They were like you, you know. They're just they're just like you. And um, I, I just remember two two sentences: keep coming back and get a sponsor. And I got a sponsor that night. She got me. She approached me and said, would you like a sponsor? And I said, being a people pleaser, I said, oh, yes, yes, please, 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 whatever that is, whatever that is. Anyway, she worked with me with my food with, from Dignity of Choice, and uh, I got a kind of abstinence together. But I substituted the, I gave up sugar. Okay, I gave up sugar. Um, but then I substituted sugar for honey. And um, so I couldn't stop eating the honey. You know, so, And this very person who I'd visited in Chicago found this out because she actually became she was my second sponsor. And so she said, oh, you're not abstinent. And of course, it shocked me to the core. And, and I was willing to take a look at that and get honest. And then, 10 minutes left. 10 minutes. Okay. So now I want to get into what, what I'm like now. That was what happened. It brought me into these rooms. And I began my away journey, my spiritual journey with all of you. And it's anyway, what I'm like now um, and how and why I stay abstinent. Okay. I um today I can honestly say I think of other people. I could not think I could not think of you. I could not think of other people before I came into this program because I was so self-willed. You know, I the phrase I relate to in the big book is self-propelled, self-propelled. So, um, you know, I want to go here, I'll go here. Oh, I'll go over here, you know, without any thought of what impact am I having on other people? And um one of the one of the most one of the passages in the big book that I really really resonated with me was the the alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken, sweet relationships are dead. And you know when I would hear this at meetings, I I thought to myself, oh my gosh, how how do they know how do they know me? This is, how do they know what I'm like inside? Because this is what I was like. I kind of kind of in a way I use people, you know, just. I'm here and then I disappear and go off somewhere and go because I went to another country in one situation, but um, I couldn't, I couldn't form connections and it was easier to make it light and move on. And 
one thing this program has given me is really the ability to deepen my relationships and be present with people and to be here, here for people and to listen to people. Um, you know, I had some notes and now of course I can't find them, but <laughs> um, so this has all come about by my working the steps and um, put, putting down the food, first and foremost, putting down the food, writing down my food, calling it in and, um, and then being led through the steps. And today in my program, um, well, I keep coming back because I love the life I have. I love, I love this fellowship. I love the program, and it's means so much to me. And it's given me so much, so much richness in my life. I mean, I I got married to, um, eight years eight years ago, is it? And I, yes, eight years ago. Um, and that is, I, I arrived in the program divorced, and it was only. Th- as a result of doing masses of writing, I wanted to say another thing that I do is a lot of writing to get in touch with my feelings because I have no idea what I'm feeling usually. And I have to write. And through that, I was able to release all that hatred to my my dad, hatred to my ex-husband, and come to a place of peace in myself about myself in relationship to men. And I found men were just just like me. You know, just they all had they had feelings too. And um I remember I started my, you should start my writing with, you inconsiderate pig, how dare you? It's always how dare you, it's always them. They were always wrong. And today I know that I get to look at myself, you know, and I always used to seek people out who would be empathic and they'd say, oh yeah, of course you've got, no wonder you would eat, you've got such big problems with your family and um, of course you would eat. And today I have to find people who will tell me to look at myself, my part. And it's, you know, I had no idea that it's been, it's been a wonderful, difficult revelation to me to look at my part and say, I'm selfish. I was selfish there. I wanted my own way. I wanted to be important in my, in my family, with my new family, um, wanting the attention. Um, and I get to look at that. I get to write a 10th step about that. I'm on a 10th step train and um, I read to somebody, read my stuff. I get honest. I didn't know what honesty was. I didn't know that... Um, I was kind of, I was cheating people of me and I was cheating them of, of knowing them. And um, I had huge expectations of people. I just wanted them to be right there for me, just being the person I wanted them to be to serve me. And um, all this I've had to look at. And I think for today, I live in, try to live in steps 10, 11 and 12, step 10, you know, just um, I was going over this with a sponsee today. And that's another thing. I love sponsoring because I get to read the literature. And um, it talks about um, that self-searching needs to become a regular habit um, and so that he, she can admit and accept what she finds and patiently and persistently try to correct what is wrong. So that's how I try to live my life today. That's, you know, that I, I have to say, I write my 10 steps and I write an 11th step review every night. And I actually go through the pages here in the big book. And when I first was heard that people did that, I thought, oh, that's so, I no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, not, I'm so it's kind of rebellious. I thought, why would people want to just read this every day on awakening? And I get so much out of it now. Not that I do it perfectly, but I'll sometimes take a word like um, indecision or we relax and take it easy when I'm praying for an intuitive thought. And it's so powerful because 
I can't do this on my own, but I can read the words and think, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be relaxing and my higher power is going to give me give me guidance. And um, so these two pages have become very important to me. And, and, and as I say, before I rejected them, like I rejected a lot about the program until I was brought to my knees every step of the way, every every step has has reduced me to my knees. Please help me, God, I can't do this. And people have shown me how to do it. And that's another thing. I have to ask for help. I could never ask for help. I was so self-sufficient. I didn't want you to know me. I didn't didn't want to have to show you that I couldn't do something. So I just kept quiet. And then you wouldn't even find out that what I knew or what I didn't know. You know, just you wouldn't know me at all. And and then step 12. How, how much time do I have, Laurie? About three and a half minutes. Oh, okay, great. Um Step 12, working with others. Again, this is this is a work in progress for me um, because actually it's getting much easier. Because so, so deep down, I've been self-centered. But my spon- I, lo- I think the, the biggest part of my program is, my, is, is sponsoring. I don't do it perfectly. Um, and of course, I am sponsored. Um, you know, I just I just love looking at the literature with somebody and just listening to them and finding out about their lives and and hopefully giving guidance here and there. Um, that's that's a joy to me, actually. I, um, and, and the other thing is that we are so like each other. I found that that my higher power brings me people who are just like me, and they've obviously obviously got issues the same that I have. Obviously, many of them have issues with their father. Many, I don't respond to that many, but and so you know, I can show them where, where, how I had to get through to on the other side with that and um yes so how do i work it what precisely is it oh i would say the writing learning to to really look at my part where am i selfish self-seeking dishonest frightened being really honing in on that and being willing to change in step six and seven and then um being sponsored, letting somebody see me, taking direction from somebody, and um, coming to meetings. I love Zoom meetings. I think the Zoom for me has just given me so much because I've just felt the fellowship. I felt the love and the heart of this program through the Zoom meetings. And I've kind of become a bit of a meeting junkie, a program junkie, actually. Um, I have to balance things because I would be I could be at meetings all day every day if I you know and in workshops at the weekend I mean there's one coming up this weekend and I've got other things I want I need to be doing this weekend I'm thinking oh my gosh how can I fit it all in and um, because I learn I just learned so much and being with you I just love being with you and just to to wrap up um, I I just I'm so in so grateful to OA because it's given me back my life and um, given me and given me a life. So I, I do feel alive today. I feel alive today, and I was heading. I was heading downhill to despair and demoralization and hiding and who knows where that would have taken me. But today I have purpose, and my purpose is getting to know God more and letting Him know me more and love me more. And, um, and and bringing getting you in my life and just opening myself up to you. So thank you for letting me share, and I'm so looking forward to hearing your shares. Thank you. <laughs>